0: Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin
1: from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era live with Icon, Granny Hawster, and Big Swing.
2: Attitude Era, Monday Live, Monday time, and we are here on 89.1 KENS FM, and you have the icon here, and we have a, a special guest here as well. Uh, let's see if we can turn on the mic and see if he's there. Are you there, sir? Zing mm-hmm. in. All right. We have uh, Ped Zing with us. We're just waiting for the modern nightmare, Matthias. Hey, you know, I'll tell you what, how long has it been since you and I've been on the air together?
3: Uh, I'd say... Fifteen years? I don't know. Has it really been that long? Maybe. Yeah. Can you put yourself up in my in my mix? Yeah.
2: Um, so let's see
3: here. That's in dog years. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'll tell you what. You uh, you actually uh, discovered me, I guess you could say, back in the day in 1999, I do believe, when uh, we were uh, when you were uh, producer
3: for the Ben and Jim Show. Hey, uh, Scott. Yes. Icon. Your icon. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> no, was, oh, Hey, it was uh, you were a gift to the to the, to the radio gods, to Fargo morehead and uh, and here you are still pre- persevering and uh, carrying the radio torch. Right, and you know, I'll tell
2: you what, I'm glad that you're here with us, and hopefully we can make this a regular weekly thing. Unfortunately, our uh, our esteemed uh, co-host uh, Granny Hulkster, uh, she's having some family issues that she has to deal with, so she has to step away for a considerable amount of time, and I'm glad that you're able to fill in with us. I mean, this is
3: going to be fun. My pleasure.
2: A new step for Attitude Era, Monday, live Monday here on 89.1 KENS FM. So we're waiting here for Matthias.
3: Why don't you give us a little background about yourselves to kind of introduce yourself to everybody? Well, uh, I don't know if, I, if you've uh, gotten the bulletin yet, the, the, the new, the new PEDZING news. Uh, I'm, big news? I'm embarking on a uh, nationwide uh, radio mime tour. I've I've gone into mime since the last time uh, we were on radio, and uh, really, I think it's going to go over big on radio.
2: So that means you're not going to be saying anything.
0: <laughs> what, do, what do you
3: mean?
2: <laughs> My
3: actions speak. Your actions speak louder than the words. If you guys it. could see this at home, the things I'm miming right now, you'd be on the floor. That, that is awesome. <laughs> I'm just
2: kidding. So anyway, uh, back in uh, back in the um, back in the glory days when you and I were on eighty-nine point one, or not eighty-nine point one, we were on a another radio station. Real uh, radio. Yeah, real radio. Um,
3: and uh, Q ninety-eight FM.
2: Right. Uh, of course, I wasn't there with you guys for that. No, that. I different. believe you were also with ninety-five uh, X as well. Were you not?
3: Ninety-five uh, X, the uh, Grand Forks station.
2: No, ninety five X. After they left, Q ninety eight went to ninety five X.
3: Uh West Fargo. West Fargo station. Real Radio I was on that. I can't remember the, uh, the call sign. I think it was ninety five seven, maybe. Right.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, Real Radio FM.
2: Yeah. Real. Uh, what was it? Fargo. Morehead, West, West Fargo. Real, Real Radio ninety six point seven. That's what it was. That's what it was. That's what there it you was. go. Yeah, we had I'm so much
3: programming. Yeah, we had so much.
2: <laughs> we had so much fun on that show. Oh, my uh, you guys had me do so many crazy things. It's amazing what. Uh, I had to do to get a job there. Well,
3: and what I what I really liked about the show and the '98 uh, incarnation as well as, uh, even though it's theater, you know radio's theater of the mind, and uh, right now you know I'm I'm trying to turn it into theater of the mind, but we actually did the, our stunts for real in, you know in real life, and you can attest to that. You were uh, you did a lot of the stunts firsthand, and you were there when other uh, people were enticed to do. Uh, really wild, interesting things like shave off an eyebrow or, you know, things like that. Yeah,
2: yeah I had to do that because I lost a bet. To, uh, <laughs> well, you know, after you left, uh, after you left, uh, it was uh, it was me and uh, the gal that they made, the producer, who we're not going to name right now, and then they brought a intern in, a buddy of mine, Bill Phillips, and uh, he went by Wild Bill or Gorgeous George or whatever you want to say. Good names. And uh, what they did was they at the time they they couldn't figure out what uh, who they wanted to have as their as their stunt guy, right? So they
3: uh made us race uh <laughs> you you had a stunt off? Yeah, it's a stunt off. It's a stunt the Zane comes out. Right. Hey, and, yeah, tell me more.
2: And whoever could get back to the whoever, <laughs> did, whoever could get back to the studio in time first would get the gig and then the other guy would be the secondary guy. You know the uh,
3: actual race, huh?
2: Right. And by the time we were by the time it was done, we got there, just. we actually tied. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it, it, it was really weird, too, that we tied. And so the next week, this was on a Friday, so the next week they decided on a Monday, here's what we're going to do. We're going uh, to settle this thing. <laughs> so what they did was they took both of us to different locations around town, and they blindfolded us. And we had no idea where we were at, and we had to get back to the studio in due time. And of course, uh, the esteemed co-host rigged that thing, so I was not going to win that. Thing. What? Shout yeah. to see you. Well, you remember how they rigged the first stunt I ever did when you guys took my clothes and had me hitchhike all the way back wearing nothing but garbage bags. Ah,
0: yeah.
3: I might have been involved with that one.
2: Yeah, you were. As fact, <laughs> I might have had a, a hand in that one. As a matter of fact, our <laughs> station owner here, Ken, that's where I met him the first time. No way. Wearing nothing but garbage bags. he yeah. was
3: there fixing some of the studio. <laughs> <all> the <time. laughs> Hey, we have garbage bags. I mean, once, yeah. in, once again, you're welcome. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, <laughs> at least I could do. And
2: I've I've had uh, I had so much fun doing that. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Yeah, well, it was <laughs> it was it was a fun time. Forget the bags, not you. So, stuff that I could never, I could never do now, and I never would do now. Yeah,
0: I,
3: when I when I remember different things that we that we've done uh, <laughs> at those stations, I really can't I can't I can't believe we pulled some of, some of that stuff off.
2: Well, I remember one of the things we did. Remember, we filled a van with water. And we had guys scuba diving. The scuba diver in,
3: the in, the, in the vehicle. Uh, yeah, that that
2: the <laughs> water didn't out. get
3: all the way to the top, which was disappointing. But we had the Mobile Fire Department assist us, so I was definitely Hello. safety first and uh, fully monitored. Uh, got got you know got part way up the car, uh, but the water came out faster than we could fill it through the hole that they cut in the roof. Right, uh, and then they also didn't use the jaws of life to tear the roof off uh, our our vet to make it a, you know a, a shed that to make it a. A convertible, convertible Vette. We called it the Vette.
2: Yeah, the so worst car jobs
3: of life. The worst car I ever drove in my entire life. <laughs> I drove that. I, I drove a
2: lot of miles in that car. I got to tell you. And uh, I remember that was actually the car I
3: actually learned how to drive a stick shift in. No way. Yeah, I never drove a <laughs> stick before. And that was that, a good place to learn because that car was kind of kind of indestructible. And if you did destroy it, you know, and it's that, disposable.
2: And that car actually nice paint job though. That, uh, uh, that car actually caused me to take a little hiatus for a year from the Ben and Jim show because we were in a parade, and, of course, like I said, I didn't know how to drive a stick, <laughs> and I burned the clutch out of that thing. Oh, really?
3: Yep. I you, yeah, you you weren't, you,
2: yeah, you weren't there at the time. It was uh, yeah. the parade in West Fargo. And I had uh, I did a couple I,
3: parades with that car. Yeah,
2: I had I had burned the clutch on that thing. Did you have a blow up doll on the front?
3: I had I had a head ornament. I called it. it was a blow up doll? No,
2: I did not do that.
3: Uh, um, I asked Bruce Crummy who was on the side street to take a photo for the forum, but he declined.
2: I uh, but I was wearing a, a so big, Bruce you know, Crumby. I was wearing a big sombrero <laughs> driving that thing.
3: <laughs> Excellent. And you know the you interesting,
2: candy, that kid Yeah, you know the interesting thing about that Chevette? is if you watch game shows from the 80s, that's one of the prize cards <laughs> that you've had.
3: A brand-new Chauvin. Like the price is right and everything?
2: Exa- well, it was usually like uh, Classic Concentration or... Card Sharks. Car- card Sharks, that was <laughs> the one I gave away. That right? All right, keep talking now. Higher, keep higher, talking. lower, lower.
3: <laughs> you can do it. Uh, so, uh... Scott and I, uh, the icon and I, go way back uh, through many manifestations of his radio career. Um, I'm thankful to him for him inviting me tonight and uh, having a conversation with him. And a couple of guests are going to call in, I guess. I think three guests. uh, There's a film film director, a film actor, slash model, and a woman who is a published author, slash model. Right, exactly. Angela Angel, I believe her name is? Yes. And uh, I think we have a guest here in the station. Well, that's, uh, that would be the modern nightmare, Matthias. Hello, good evening, yeah, Matthias,
2: can, can modern him nightmare. Late, you can call him late to the show, but one thing you can never call him is late to the ring. Because he would he'd he'd never be late to the ring. I will.
3: I'll have to remember that.
2: All right. So, hey, uh, Night I'm mother, what, advisement. what's going on? A uh, little uh, problem through the drive-through? Your, your car broke down or something? No, I guess uh, Chipotle decided to, uh,
4: well, I ordered my food around 8.20 this, uh, this evening, so I ordered food about 8.20 this evening expecting an uh, uh, easy car just to, or just to drive straight through like normal, but uh, I guess nine people also wanted Chipotle, so they were ahead of me. So when I uh, showed up to the drive through there was ten cars ahead of me, so I had to uh, wait for those cars to get through to get their order, then I finally got mine and came up here.
2: Well, we're glad to have you. I want a uh, nightmare. I want to introduce you to Ped Zing. Ped Zing, this is Nightmare. Nice
0: to
3: meet you. Pleasure is mine. All right, and uh, you guys, I don't you are want not to, late for your event.
2: I I don't want I don't want any trouble. Out hey, you no guys, I don't want any trouble. No beef, either. no
3: beef.
4: Give me uh, one sec, cause I'm not hearing me. I'm a radio machine. mime, not a fighter. Right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm starting by making my radio mime tour, <laughs> uh, starting here at uh, Ken's FM.
2: This is actually the guy that uh, discovered me on.
3: Uh, Discovered uh, me
2: and got me my first start on the radio. The guy you're sitting next to with us. Oh, cool. Well, I, I actually I, I actually
3: uh, gave him his first radio name. Also, is that correct? which we cannot say. Yeah. Uh, we're not allowed to say that on the right, either. but it's true. But we did say it on the air every day, many times, in, right. uh, in during all your adventures.
2: Right. And I tell you what, I I loved everything. The internet.
3: Uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, after when I uh... I actually uh, I, I actually like I said, uh, we got about five minutes before the first guest calls in. I took a year hiatus because I started a business oh, yeah. when I left the show. And uh, the first day I started on the air, back on the air was on September 11th, wow. 2001. And we all remember what happened that day. Yeah. And And uh, one of the things that the Ben and Jim uh, thought would be smart for me to do was go to a the airport with a bullhorn and tell people jokes in the restroom wearing a... Uh, <laughs> um, you know, this was what, maybe a month, month and a half after September eleventh? Hey, just go down to the airport. I mean, you right. want to be a comedian? Uh let's have forced comedy they called it. Wow.
3: <laughs> Yikes,
2: yeah. That, um, how did that go? <laughs> not well.
3: Like a led Zeppelin?
2: Yeah. <laughs> not the band. It was uh it was it was definitely crash and burn like
3: uh Maverick. Definitely. That reminds me of that's that's actually rougher than uh they hadn't you go see uh one of the uh, President Bush's at the uh, at uh, NDSU for an event, and I had a bus full of Hooters girls, and I was I had a bullhorn offering free wings and Hooters, please, um, <laughs> free Hooters. And that, uh,
2: that sounds like a bad thing. I got
3: no, actually, they, I was they were so thrilled with that was kind of an ad lib on that. Yeah, so, just because yeah, you know, it was presidential, you know what I mean? It was kind of yeah,
2: we'll might have been a bad love. case. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk more about that fun stuff.
0: That was um,
2: and like I say, our first guest will be calling a in, uh name. three minutes. It's a reputable uh, restaurant, Hooters. Right, uh, Matthias. What's going up with you, man? Uh,
4: well, you know, just uh, rehabbing the knee as usual. Uh, going through a lot with that. Um, I just had another wrestling event last weekend uh, with uh, NSE, where I defended my World Tag Team Titles and stuff like that. I could talk about that later. Um, I wrestled three times that show now I've been booked to basically wrestle four times next show um and then of course dealing with the uh, loss of two of the WWE's greats uh this past week has actually really been hitting hard especially with Bray being gone at age 36 I don't know if you guys know. No. yeah you guys did um yeah Bray was uh was uh, a big was a big guy to me in the wrestling industry and it this one's been kind of hitting a little harder so I've been dealing with that but other than that just uh living life, working hard, and getting back in the ring as fast as I can.
2: And we also lost Bob Barker as well. Yeah, we
4: lost him on Friday,
2: yeah. So, you know, they, they say these things always come in threes.
4: Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i glad it wasn't uh, another wrestler or another WWE guy that ended up passing, but, I mean, you know, um, uh, what the heck, uh, Terry Funk was at least 80. I'm trying to think of the age right now. I can't really I, – I mean, he was in his 80s, I believe. And then we lost Bray at 36, and then we lost uh, Mr. Barker at 99. So, I mean, two that were ready to go, and one that left us way too soon. But you know, it all—it always hits us. It either hits. It's either like a rock star with an actor, or with a wrestler, or it's two wrestlers and an actor, or a TV host, or you know, whatever the heck. So it's just—it's uh, been—it's been rough. The past week was rough, and we've lost so many people out of the wrestling industry uh, this year so far from. Terry Funk, to of course Bray Wyatt, to uh, Drozdove. Darren Drozdov, um, one of the um oh, I can't I should know his name. Um Mark Briscoe, right? I think he was one of the Briscoe brothers. Yeah,
2: we have uh we so far this year we've lost uh Bray Wyatt and we have lost uh, Bray Wyatt, superstar Billy Graham, Lanny Poffo, Terry Funk, The Iron Sheik, Darren Drozd and uh, Mike Halleck, who, of course, was uh, Mantar. Yeah, and they're not even including, like, the indie stars. There's been, like,
4: a couple that are on the indies that have passed away, too, unexpectedly, but... You know, I don't know if you guys talked about why Bray Wyatt passed away or how he did. Well, no, uh, we
2: will uh, we will talk about that in a little bit. I wanted yeah. to wait until uh, you got here to do that. Okay. But our first guest is waiting in the wings, so we're going to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be back after these messages, and our first guest will stick with us. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange. It's an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring, Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Score. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, The world's most beautiful glamour model. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you at this time, she is beautiful. She is a knockout. She's a 100 out of 10. She is Angela Renee.
5: Hi, this is Angela Renee. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon and Ted Zing, also the big swing and the modern nightmare, Matthias.
2: Well, hey, Angela, how are you?
5: <laughs> Good, how are you?
2: <laughs> well, I was going to say, how are you besides beautiful, but uh, that goes without saying. It, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule uh, to join us with uh, us tonight. We have Angela Renee as our guest. We have about 30 minutes here with our lady here. Welcome aboard.
5: Well, thanks for having me.
2: So here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to have you give a little introduction uh, about yourself, and then uh, I'll ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. So go ahead.
5: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you want me to ask questions?
2: <laughs> What's that? I'm uh,
5: sorry. My dog was, um, she's she, she trying to be um, distracting me here. I'm sorry. But no, I
0: well, I'm if sorry so. if
2: your dog doesn't want you to answer questions, I guess I can understand that, but well I I thought I cleared this with your agent
5: though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm oh, sorry. So, so can go we ahead, start give over a background because
5: I you. I got distracted I I have three little dogs and they're all looking at me like they you know, I, I tried to get them all prepared for this and they're all looking at me like what's going on, Mom? All
2: right, well give us a little background about yourself.
5: Um, well, I, um, I didn't start modeling early on. It took me, you know, several years before I actually had the nerve to do it, but I just, I grew up in a small town. I, um, moved away after high school and spent a few years in Colorado. After that, I joined the army and got out of that after a few years and, then I kind of settled down um, and just started working normal jobs and had a baby and got married, got divorced, and um, life goes on. But no, I, I just got into modeling again, and it's been going pretty well the last few years.
2: So you said you got divorced, so you're telling me there is a chance.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, well, and I can tell. <laughs> Anyway, uh,
5: well, so here's, anyway. So I mean,
3: Scott, Scott's playing hard to get here. Yeah, I got.
2: I got. Yeah, there go. So, so, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you a few questions and we'll do a roundtable, like I said. And then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But uh, when you decided to get into modeling, was it uh, did you did you have the goal of like being like on every on every magazine cover uh, getting into like on movie posters or album covers? What was your main goal?
5: Uh, Well, my main goal was to just get out there and push myself and see what I could do with it. I mean, I I didn't have an exact goal. I mean, I I just knew I wanted to, like, just push myself. And I've done that my whole life. And once I, I, I step out of my comfort zone and, you know, things that really scare you are the hardest things to do. And to put yourself there and worry about rejection is really scary. So my goal at first was just like, wow, what what, what could become of this? But as time goes on, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to just see how many magazines I can submit to and get published in and then see how many covers I can get. And now I get to travel. I'm going to be going to New York and Paris and um, all over the country and world and so it's it's taken me a lot further than I, I thought I was going to go so it's you know pretty exciting
2: well you know you mentioned uh rejection if anybody knows about rejection it's me you know I uh, I tried to get a date for prom one time, and I asked uh, twelve girls out and thirteen turned me down because this one <laughs> girl came up to me and said, "Don't even think about
0: asking." <laughs> <laughs> oh
5: my!
2: Angela Renee is our guest here on eighty nine point one Kent FM. So uh, before we uh, do the roundtable, of all the covers that you've been on, which would you say was your favorite?
5: Oh my gosh! I don't know, I I got a stack of like 34 magazines next to me right now, and (laughs) Um, my favorite, gosh, well, I have a a really nice cover on Magnifique, Um, it's an alternative boudoir magazine, and it's me and a piece of lingerie and angel wings, and that photo shoot I have so many incredible um, images from, and I have probably seven publications just from that photo shoot but that's probably my favorite cover is that the angel wings and that's one thing i get to model when i go to new york and paris I'm, i'm modeling angel wings so i'm pretty
0: excited for that
2: and then for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, 89.1, our, our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Do, go to Facebook page, 89.1, Kent FM, like that. Do a $10 a month donation Power the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autograph picture from past guests, current guests, and future guests. And, Renee, I think if you haven't already, or you will be sending us a few autographs for giveaways, if I'm not mistaken.
5: Uh, yes, I sent uh, several your way, autographed.
2: Awesome, oh, sweet. Awesome. So uh, let me introduce you to our first co-host. His name is Ped Zing, and uh, he's, uh, he's a rookie to the show. This is actually his first appearance, and uh, he actually begged me to come on because he knew that you were going to, to <laughs> be on tonight.
3: So uh, go ahead, Ped. What do you got? A hey, uh, uh, long-time uh, listener and a uh, uh, model viewer, uh, first-time uh, guest host on this show. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, good evening. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, thanks for your service, by the way, and I was wondering if there's any skills or you know, ideas that uh, you picked up in your military service that help you navigate the modeling the modeling world?
5: Well, um, a lot of it's discipline. And if you say you're going to sure. do something, you do it. And right. I'm not one to ever back out of a shoot. I'm not one to ever say, commit to something and then back out and say, oh, no, I don't feel like it, or flank out. I mean, and... and you know it's it's all discipline so that you learn in the military you you know you just put your mind to it and follow through with it and Definitely. that's a, uh, yeah another thing about you know just putting yourself out there and fear of rejection but when you yeah, with, when commit to something here, you follow through and you do it and it's like it's so rewarding so the military really helped with that
3: oh for sure I can totally imagine. Thanks for your candid response to my first uh, on here caller question. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks very much. I did it, guys. Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, we have uh, we have Angela Renee our guest here on
2: 89.1 Ken's FM, and uh, now I want to introduce you to uh, the modern nightmare of Matthias. Now he was uh, telling me he saw a few pictures of you, and he was uh, wondering if he could uh, become part of your bodyguard detail. So, <laughs> Matthias, what do you got? Go ahead.
4: Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed NSC World Tag Team Champion and
0: soon-to-be
4: NSC World Heavyweight Champion, APW World Heavyweight Champion, BZW World Tag Team Champion, and EWI Epic Champion and honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Welcome on to my part of the program. I don't know if Icon was a little confused if he was the one looking at at all the ads and stuff like that. It wasn't me. I mean, if he was, he might have been looking at me and just got really confused because he also thinks I'm pretty good looking, but that's another story.
2: Anyway, as long as uh, at at night, in the dark, in the fog, underwater, I mean, I still look good. Anyway, so my
4: main main question to you would be, was there a – was there a really difficult shoot that you ever had to go through that you were like, "Ah, I probably won't work with this company ever again. Or was there a certain person that you just think, man, I, you know, I, I wish I wouldn't have worked with them as much or anything like that. Do you ever have any like negative sides of, uh, of modeling to that point?
2: Well, she and I haven't had a photo shoot together, so it wouldn't be me.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, As of yet, right? True. (laughs) As of yet. (laughs) Um, yes, there's, um, been several um, where yeah it just things just don't feel right or you just don't know how to read them or when to you know you, you can communicate as much as you can beforehand, but then I've actually had photographers that I met that were like they had a totally different mindset or a totally different end game, and um, one that <laughs> really caught me off guard was um, we ended up shooting till like midnight 1 a.m. and this is actually at my house and we're doing some cool stuff but then what his what he really wanted he he wanted me to do things that I've never done so to speak and I'm like and I think that was his whole goal was to shoot me and warm me up to doing some things that were things I that I wasn't comfortable with I mean there's some fetish things going on, and I'm like, okay, this I'm I'm not cool with, I you know, so it was pretty pretty awkward, and and I never really got money and images in the end, um, so I was really disappointed. I'm like, I spent all this time, and what he wanted was totally different than what I thought we're going to be doing. I thought we're just doing a really cool shoot, um, but yeah, there's there's been several where I I just. It's like okay, this isn't working, or I go to a group shoot and I'm like, okay, this this is not what I thought it was going to be, and so yeah, it's it's difficult. It's hard to like just get out of it. You just kind of go with it and hope get something good out of the out of in the end. and
2: the sad thing is, this happened on your home turf.
5: Yes, (laughs) yes, and I I had to I contacted this photographer several times, like hey. Um, you gave me three images that night. Am I ever going to get any more? And, Oh, I'm working on those. I mean, months and months go by and then my phone rings and it's him. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, well, he called the wrong Angela. He must've called a different one. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I'm like, well, since you're on the phone, you know, Hey, we're going to get me some more images. Oh yeah. I'll work on them. And it's like nothing. It's, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, okay, screw you! I'll never work with you again. <laughs> you know, Renee, I
2: I like how you kind of threw my name in there. Eye contact. I am gonna I'm gonna try and make that a shirt. you you just gave me an idea for a <laughs> uh, for a catchphrase. Eye contact. I like that. Uh, Angela Renee is our guest now. Uh, we're, now I mentioned that. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few uh, uh difficult questions. It's not going to be personal questions, obviously, because uh, I, I know that you like me already. But anyway, uh, <laughs> she'll probably hang up. But anyway, that's fine. So let me ask you this. Now, being, uh, being a model and uh, getting to wear all the different outfits and stuff, do you get to keep all the outfits and the stuff that you model in? Uh, no. N-
5: not, no, once in a while, but not too often.
2: Now, what would you say would be the most expensive thing that you ever modeled in?
5: Oh boy. Um, well, I wear some skimpy stuff, and that's usually not too pricey. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: <laughs>
5: oh, I would say maybe a fifteen hundred dollar gown. That's probably the most expensive.
2: So, so you haven't ever done like a, like a like. A, a uh, five thousand dollar bra that's like made of diamonds or anything oh, like that.
5: No, not yet. Crystal. Not yet. Maybe someday.
2: What is the, now when you're uh, when you're when you're doing modeling? Is it, is it more difficult to be in a studio all day, taking uh, different kind of pictures and different kind of shots? You know, say you know pose this way, pose this way, or like walking down a runway in a with a whole bunch of people watching.
5: Well, the runway goes really fast, so that's, you know, it's a little nerve wracking, but it just, it's like over in a flash. I mean, shooting all day, that goes fast too, but that, that, that is more time consuming. The outfit changes or makeup changes. So yeah, runway is just like, go, go, go. And it's like, oh, it's over. It's like, wow, that's crazy.
2: Now, have you ever kept kept track of the different outfit changes during a photo shoot? What would you say is the most different outfit changes that you've had that you've done in one shoot? Or one uh Broadway or glamour show, pad whatever you want to call those,
5: pad <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, I've done oh, up to a dozen, I would say in one.
2: And you, so, do they ever? Does anybody ever call you up and say, uh, "Hey, we got this, uh, we got this new dress, or we got this new outfit, and we want you to model it for us and wear it for us, so we can make a million dollars off of this product"? Does that ever
5: happen? <laughs> um, no, <laughs> not quite. Yeah, it doesn't quite work but that way. This radio show might, it might
3: be a big break. This, this, this show right here is going to launch that whole new venture. Yeah. For
5: you. <laughs> yeah, there you right? go. Or, or maybe when I go to Did New I York or Paris.
3: <laughs> now, is
2: there ever been a well, – Matthias kind of touched on this. He asked you about uh, guys you'll never work for again and everything like that. But is there ever been a shoot that you went to and you saw the outfit, you're like going, oh, that'll look good, that'll look good, that'll look good. And then on the last moments, if this ever happens, and they, they show the outfit and you're like, there is no way – I'm wearing that. There's no way. <laughs>
5: um, I, I've turned down a couple outfits, and they were okay with it. Usually, it's not a big ordeal. If you know, you know, sometimes they just don't fit right, so it's not going to look good in photos. So they're okay with it.
2: <laughs> now, is there ever a situation where you've had a outfit that you wore that was like really cool? But would you say that was, like, too revealing, and you're like, geez, I wish I wouldn't have wore that in that
5: chute? Yes, yes, yes. Sometimes they just don't quite write, and it's hard to keep things where they need to be. So, uh, yeah, there's a few outfits I regret.
3: (laughs) And you're probably your own worst critic as well, though, too, I would
2: imagine.
5: Definitely. I am, yes, for sure. Now,
3: what
2: is the longest uh, time frame that you've ever been on a photo shoot?
5: Oh, gosh. Um, Oh, boy, I've shot from 9 a.m. till 10 10 at night um, for one photo shoot. And it was, yes, a lot of outfits and a, a lot of photos. So, yeah, I'd say probably 12 hours would be probably the longest shoot I've done.
2: You know, one thing I'm curious, when after you do the photo shoot, how long is it before you get to actually see the pictures that were taken, or is that or is just like kind of like wait and see what they put out there? Or do you get to approve it or disapprove it?
5: Uh, it depends on the photographer um, or our agreement. <clears throat> um, there's several I've worked with numerous times, and they send them to me and I'll pick my favorites, and then they have their favorites. Um, usually I will get a copy of the images. Sometimes they just post them without me even knowing beforehand. Um, once in a while they will post, you know, something, and then I'm, like, kind of freaking out, like, ooh, I didn't like that. But um, <laughs> it, it, it's, more, it's easier for me to control when it's sent to me, and then I can share or post or submit magazines. Usually it's an agreement. Um, like, hey, these are really good. What do you think? Should we submit these? And it's like, yes, let's do it. Um, but there are some that promise images and I, I don't get them. You know, I'm patient. I mean, there's some photographers, I've, I've been waiting a year on photos. And I'm like, well, I spent a lot of time with you. I traveled to you. Um, you know, least you could do is Finish my images because after six months typically they're irrelevant so if i have to wait a year I don't, I don't even think i want to share those photos now i don't even think i'm gonna really like them they're they're just old now and i'm doing so many new shoots now why am i going to share something from a year ago so it's frustrating but i mean i i i work with a lot of fantastic photographers that turn them around quickly some, I, you know, they're they're jazzed about them, and I get them back that day. I'm like, you know, that's that's really nice, but not common. <laughs> so, yeah, anywhere from a day to a year I have to wait. So it just depends.
2: You know, I'm also curious if this has ever happened. When they, uh, they send you the photos and they say, these are the ones that we want to put in the magazine, and you look at them and they're like all oh, really good, but there's like one that's like, I don't want you to use this. Do not use this. I'm uh, whatever, and then you find out that they actually put it out there anyway. Does that ever happen?
5: Um, not too often. Usually, usually the ones that are submitted are ones that I I I like. Um, not too often are there any that I absolutely hate or that you know not not too often. If I say you know these are I I don't like that one, usually they they honor my my decision or my, my opinion, I should say.
2: You know, and one thing that also goes with uh, photo, shoot, photo shoots would be makeup. And, you know, we talked about the outfit changes, and uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about makeup. How long would you say that before a photo shoot, during a photo shoot, that you're in the makeup chair touching things up, getting things ready? Uh, is it hours, uh, uh, a few minutes? Take us through that.
5: Uh, typically, makeup takes up to an hour. Hair could take up to an hour, also. Just depends on uh, the artist. Um, some are, you know, they they know what they're doing and they're they're quick and they just know how to make you look good. Some, you know, take a little longer or they they're chattier. <laughs> so, I mean, typically, yeah. I mean, like hair, it just depends. I, I just recently did a shoot and my hair makeup I thought I'm going to have so much extra time after this and I can go get ready for my shoot and go change oh no the lady took over an hour for my hair that she said would take 20 minutes and the makeup girl <laughs> was waiting <laughs> she's like I really need to get her in my chair so they're both working on me at the same time eventually and it, which was really difficult to do a makeup artist like you know because they have different height of chairs so, the, you know, of course, the makeup artist wants you up high, and the lady doing your hair wants you sitting a little lower, so the makeup artist is, like, on her knees, like, trying to do my face or start it, and you know, the lady's trying to finish my hair, and, and yeah. I mean, it turned out spectacular. I mean, the results were amazing, but that was uh, so. a little too long. <laughs>
2: So, so did you re nickname that share the tilt the world up, down, up, down the elevator, maybe?
5: <laughs> oh, that you know I should have. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, we have uh we have uh Angela Renee as our guest here on eighty nine point one kids FM and we got uh well we got about seven minutes with I wish it was seven more years, but uh one of our fans had kind of sent sent me a question um about one of the photos on your website. They were asking about the 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 photo where you're holding a red umbrella, and uh, you got this—you're uh, standing in front of this car. The the guest, the caller actually asked about the car. What kind of car that was, and is it yours?
5: It's not my car. It was a shoot I did in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, <laughs> and oh my gosh, I'd have to look at the photo to know the car. I thought it was a Camaro, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I, I. Unless I look through all my photos. I'm not even positive what it was. But, yeah, it was it's, a, well, it's, a pretty it's, it's nice red
2: car. Yes, is, is red and black is right on your website, I guess.
5: Well, typically I don't know every car I shoot with because, I mean, I love cars. <laughs> but I'm not real good at identifying everyone unless it has certain features. But, um, oh, gosh.
0: Now, have I you ever had a situation
2: where – have you, ever, have you ever had the situation where you actually make the car look better?
5: Um, so I've been told. I, I sure hope so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, let me ask you this here. We, we, uh, we only got a few more minutes here, and uh, like I say, I wish we had a much longer time. But if you could give advice to someone that wanted to go into modeling that's listening right now, what advice would you give them, one piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice that you'd give them if they're just starting out or wanting to get into the field?
5: very first thing is to invest in a good photographer. Don't be afraid to pay somebody for good quality photos. And that's where I messed up. When I started, I just found photographers that would want to just, oh, let's go shoot and I can get images for free. Well, that's not how you get anywhere because your free first images are going to suck. (laughs) That's just all there is to it. So invest in a good photographer, go get your hair and makeup done, um, whatever, and do whatever the, the basic steps. Um, unless you want to get with an agency, then they have requirements. They want plain face, no makeup, they want a black shirt, skinny jeans, anything to show your figure and what you look like plain. And they want certain shots, and, and there's a certain way to to go about that. Um, for a legit agency and don't fall prey to the ones that reach out to you like, hey, hey, you are you know, we'd love to um, you know, you know, represent you and, and there's so many phonies out there. You have to go find a legit company, do some research, do research on new photographers. Don't just let anybody shoot you and take your images and plaster them everywhere. It won't do you any good. So that's one of my I guess, um, things I learned um, over time um, that photographers will just, you know, they're, they're, worth, they're worth it. So, and eventually, when you become better and you're more comfortable, that's when you can start getting paid. So, don't, don't be afraid to pay a photographer to begin with just to get good images. That's my biggest piece of advice.
2: And uh, now you mentioned working for an agency. Is it better to work for an agency or work for yourself? Because you'd think that working for yourself compared to an agency, you can get 99% instead of two when it comes to the funding.
5: (laughs) True, true. Agencies are good for, I mean, it's not always steady work, but it's good for when they have a client that's looking for a specific look to worry about doing that of legwork it's done for you now working for yourself you freelance you can travel you can book things as you go and and just do what you want and yes it's all yours but when you're a paid model you don't always get the images either which is kind of a downfall especially with agencies Um, you're not going to get these images just to keep and use as you want and you may be doing things that you don't really want to do but they pretty much place you. So doing it for yourself, you get to choose what you want to do and you could say no. So that's, yeah, good and bad to each.
2: Uh, Angela, Renee is our guest here. We've got about three minutes left here. One thing I do got to ask, and this, I know you don't have an ego, uh, unlike uh, the rest of us here on the panel, but uh, I'm just, <laughs> so just kind of <laughs> curious. Uh, I can just imagine what uh, your your... your Woman cave looks like you walk into the room. There's like mm-hmm. four mirrors and like all your pictures and all your magazine covers are up on the wall. Do you have something <laughs> like that or pink
3: heart-shaped rotating bed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, I no. Actually, I have all my all my magazines have been published in a stack right now. I have like a couple things um, on display, but not not a whole lot. I do have a room. I call my princess room. I have my big vanity with my big mirror that lights up like ho- with Hollywood lights, dresses hung, and that's just like my little sanctuary that my little princess dogs aren't allowed into because I don't want them destroying anything. So that's that's how, my how only about, real uh, me room.
2: <laughs> how, how, how about the prince icon? Would he be walking in there? <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, I guess he could if he doesn't, you know. He's a excellent photographer, I, I
3: want you to know.
2: <laughs> I, I sure am. <laughs>
5: uh, well, I'll tell you what, Angela,
3: you, you you,
2: have been so wonderful and awesome. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule uh, to be with us tonight. I know you got an early morning photo to shoot tomorrow. So thank you for everything you do. We love you, and you are awesome. And hopefully, if we didn't scare you away too much, you'd be willing to join us again at some point.
5: Oh, most certainly. Well, thank you for having me.
2: Pleasure meeting you. Have a All great right. night. Thanks, meeting Angela. You.
0: Thank you. Oh, all right. <laughs>
2: all right. That was awesome. Angela Renee, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Hey, what did you guys think of that? That was kind of fun, huh?
3: Yeah, she's a sweetheart.
2: Yeah. Very I, insightful. I love it. Uh, and, great questions, by the way, Icon. Uh, well, you know, I, I I always try. Uh, I like call hosting. Yeah, I, I always try to bring the best to the uh, – <laughs>
0: And, and, <laughs> you, and you,
3: you as well. <laughs>
2: uh, ma, well, you know, Matthias, uh, as long as he can talk about himself, he's got a lot to say. You're really Pretty showing at that part of the show, i got to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so, uh, I, I, Big Swing is uh, uh, going to be uh, listening earlier uh, later, so uh, he likes to play a little sounder for uh, for Matthias later on. So I don't know if he'll play it or not. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so it looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings, so we're going to take a little quick commercial
3: timeout. Oh, wow, it's moving right along
2: here. Yeah, we're going to take a quick little commercial timeout. We'll be back after these messages. Stick with us. our next guest we will be right back
3: so if your spring and summer projects include some concrete work elevated concrete can help they can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at elevated concrete on facebook their concrete work includes driveways sidewalks walkways approaches garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well. And all estimates are free. They are ready right now for any concrete project you have. That's Elevated Concrete at 701-866-9018.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle right now. He is guest number two of the night. And, hey, he's got a new movie out that he's going to talk to us about. And he's a talented director. And uh, by the time the interview is done, I'm going to try and get us all a job. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man himself. He is Aaron Hawkins.
6: Hey, this is Aaron Hawkins. And, oh, my, you are listening to the Adjutant Era Monday Night Live, Monday on A9.1, Ken's FM, with your host, the icon, and Ted Zing, also with the big swing and the modern nightmare, Matthias.
2: Well, how are you, Aaron? Good to have you with us. Thanks for uh, joining us. Hey, we finally got this done after, uh, after six months. I, I booked you six months ago, so welcome aboard.
6: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys.
2: All right, so here's how we're going to do this, Aaron. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll come mm-hmm. back to me. and I'll ask you the tougher stuff, but first off, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we'll uh, have some fun.
6: All righty well uh as again as again, my name is Aaron Hawkins. I am the creator director of the movie Evil Lurks, which we'll discuss here in a moment, and I am out of the Chicagoland area. I have been in this business for well over twenty years, doing various things from on camera work to behind the camera work and that sort of thing um, so yeah, and I am a military veteran, so that plays a lot into my discipline <laughs> I'm sets. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, we do thank you for your service. As a matter of fact, our last guest was uh, in the service as well. By the time we're done, guys, you'll notice a little pattern on that. Anyway, Aaron Hogg is our guest here, and uh, we got a good amount of time here with our buddy here, and uh, we got about well, we got about thirty minutes. So now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Evil Works. Uh, we'll uh, we'll chat about that, and I want to ask you about a few other projects that you've done, but. Evil Works, How is that? Uh, how did that movie come about?
6: Oh, my goodness. Let's see. I started writing it over five years ago as a short film, and it started with just six characters, literally just 40 pages of script. And I work at a place that we produce public service announcements for radio and TV, and one day, I was printing a poster that I created for the movie, just a, a spec poster to see how I liked it, see what the colors turned out like. And a gentleman by the name of Chris Stern, which unfortunately he can't make it today, um, saw the poster and was intrigued by it. One thing led to another, and I was like, you know what? You like the script? Okay, let's turn it into a feature. And that's literally how it became a feature from 2017. To 2018, we just, rewrote the, we just rewrote the script and, you know, started casting. I had, I had most, if not all, the locations already booked, and I already had, like, a, f- a few of the main characters, like Savannah May. She's our um, teen star in the movie. So, yeah, that's, that's literally how it went. And just every single actor and actress and crew member is from Illinois. So that's, that's a good thing as well. So it's promoting locals.
2: And when you were making the film, after it was completed, uh, I we well, you you had been thinking, geez, why didn't I have Icon in this movie? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks,
0: I mean, big swing. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, you
6: could you could have been a good uh, a good uh, you know like a good dead body on the floor or something like that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I got well, I, I got three I got three more in the pipeline. That I'm writing right now, so. <laughs>
2: So let me ask you this. Uh, well, I'll, I'll try and beg you for a job uh, before uh, before we sign off. We want you to stick around. We don't want you to hang up yet. Uh, but I'm going to introduce you to uh, our, our first co-host. His name is Pezing, and as a matter of fact, he loves Evil Lurks and he uh, he has watched it several times. As a matter of fact, I think uh, you have uh,
3: uh, you have your breakfast watching it every morning, don't you, Pedzing? Zing It's a morning ritual I can't uh, be without. <laughs> Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, thanks for making the film. I I uh, just rewatched yeah. it uh, this afternoon, and I guess first off, I uh, I worked in a dairy for eight years, so I, I'm not a huge fan of milk. But this movie actually, you know, has me see, looking at milk in another light, and I like it even, <laughs> a little less now. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but uh, no. No, I really enjoyed the film. Uh, and uh, I, it, I guess it was co-written with uh, Chris Schern, who you mentioned. Um, yes. and I got a quote. To be fearless, to be strong, right? And uh, yep. so And love his voice. Uh, he's a great actor, uh, and very yeah. skillful. And also, I noticed in the credits, he had a big hand in the music production, and also wrote some of the co-wrote and wrote some of the songs. I'm a big fan of the soundtrack. Is the soundtrack available?
6: Yes, um, that's something I will talk to uh, Mr. Churn about. Um, it should be available. Um, everyone loves the soundtrack. Every like, literally amazing. everyone I talk to, it is absolutely amazing. And I can I can honestly give one hundred percent credit to Chris Shern on that because if you were to give me a piano, I would look like Animal from the Muppets trying to play it. So. <laughs> Well, you know, I'll tell you what.
2: If you were to put that soundtrack out on CD, I guarantee you it would sell more copies than the CD I put out. Uh, I actually put out a comedy cheese, uh, CD several years ago and it went aluminum, you know. <laughs>
0: uh, wow. Yeah, I got. That. <laughs> uh
2: anyway, uh Aaron Hoggins is our guest here on yeah. HR, I put 1 Kids FM. We got uh we got 25 minutes here with
3: uh, Aaron. A Couple more questions for awesome. him. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh so uh, did I did I catch the Wilhelm scream uh, a couple times there, back to back? You know what that is? That, that? Uh, sound effect scream. The Wilhelm scream. That's in a lot of. Uh, it was it was from an, originally from an old western movie, but it's in tons of uh, uh, movie uh, sound design. Uh, it, I think I caught it there, back to back, in the sound design there, it, in the scene where they all catch. meet together. Uh, no spoilers though. Um, no, no, also, you're oh, fine. you use of jump cuts and the cinematography and the composition was just beautiful also.
0: I I concur with
3: that. That was awesome too. Just beautiful. And oh, the end credits, I love the uh, the reverse up and down scrolling of the end credits. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a simple thing, but it it was very effective to me. And I, and uh, so you did, you drink a lot of apple juice. I understand from that credits too, at the very end there.
6: Oh yes. Yes. Our, our lead actress, uh, Amanda Winston, uh, she, we went through a good two gallons of apple juice during the entire filming of Evil Lurks because the beer, you know, we're, we're not going to have real alcohol on set because, you know, I, I don't want drunk actors. So we just, you know, <laughs> substituted it with an apple juice and made it kind of like a like a dirty blonde beer or whatever.
3: Right. What i Erica says... Uh, you have a regular party going on here. Music, wine, computer parts. <laughs> I yep. love that line.
6: <laughs> Apple juice, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, Bill Russell, Billy Russell's character. Oh my gosh, yeah. He, he, talk about a quirky,
0: weird,
6: just out there type of character. I mean, he played, he rich, played right? it perfect. Yeah, he played Rich, Rich Green. Yes, he played it perfectly. He comes from like a stand-up comedy improv background, so I sure. knew he can nail it, like without a doubt. So yeah, he did, yeah, he did a fantastic job. job. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. That,
3: that reminded me of a question that I just forgot. So, if so anyone wants to oh, ask oh. Him a question? Well, here. I'll tell you what. We'll uh, we'll come uh, we'll come back to that definitely. Now, uh,
0: yeah.
2: uh, Aaron, uh, of course, I, I appreciate you. Uh, you did admit admit. Uh, the reason why the credits were like they were is I think that's when you let me help you do the credits I think, and I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> with
6: that machine. Po- possibly, and then you handed it over to me, and I was like, "Okay, dude, that's not what I wanted <laughs> at all." And in reality,
3: yeah.
2: I yeah. did those yeah,
6: credits. Yeah, so
3: did you, you know, I like one, one of the things yeah. I just thought of. Uh, I didn't even think of it at the time uh, as I'm watching but it, but you know. It kind of forces your left and the right eyes and hemispheres of your brain to uh, kind of work, you know, independently a little more than, than uh, your average uh, movie-going experience and uh, credit uh, time, you know what I'm saying?
6: It, yeah, well, I, I agree with you on that. And, I mean, I see all these – the typical credits that roll, I'm like, you know what, I want to try something different. And the movie's different. It's an art house style or horror film. So I'm like, okay, let me figure this out. So I figured it out, and boom, there that's what you get. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool.
2: Yeah, because, uh, Aaron, you. Aaron uh, yeah, you let me help you with the credits, and uh, I, I put them in, and then you're like, then you put them in, you put something else in. And I said, I already put that in, and they're like, well, let's roll it back and see. Oh, you did. <laughs> 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 uh, Aaron Hawkins, our guest are Uh, We're we're going to continue the interview, but we need to take a a brief little uh, time out for a little legal thing, so we'll be right back, so stick with us.
0: You're
3: listening to 89.1 KENS FM, KNNZ FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com.
2: And we are back here with uh, Aaron Hawkins. Now, uh, we're Mm -hmm. going to introduce you to Matthias here real quick, uh, Aaron. Now, uh, you did a movie, or you're working on a movie, and Matthias, for some reason, thought it was about him and his wrestling career. And the movie's called Doomsday. You think you're safe, but you enter the ring with uh, the modern nightmare. So, Nightmare, uh, go ahead. Ask Mm -hmm. him if that's really about you. Well, yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're talking to the man from
4: every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare. North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed NSE World Tag Team Champion, and soon to be NSE World Heavyweight Champion, BZW World Heavyweight Champion, EWI Epic Champion, and APW World Heavyweight Champion. Al- Messiah has
2: been paid for by the New World.
4: And an honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Here, welcome onto my part of the program. Um, my main question, I guess, would be to you, since I'm mm-hmm. also so familiar with with directing and working with video stuff, cause it's been a passion of mine for years. Uh, what has been one of your more um, difficulties in making a film? Because I know there, it takes a lot to do. Whether you're, you know, directing, producing, effects. Sets, all that kind of stuff. What has been one of more of your struggles going into producing a film or making a film or making it appear as a full-fledged, uh, full-fledged film?
6: The my biggest my biggest struggle obstacle, if you will, would have been I'm going to refer to Evil Lurks. Would have been the the whole fight scene, the choreographing it and getting the camera set right and that sort of thing, and make it appear like there's a lot of violence going on when there really isn't. Uh, The attack scene between Harold, which is Chris Stern, and Amanda, which she played, oh gosh, Kimberly, uh, that took over eight eight hours of film and numerous picking up, putting down, slamming, blood, this, that, and the other. So that, I think, even even though we had it all uh, storyboarded and stuff like that, it was still relatively difficult to accomplish that scene and get it just right because when, cause I was directing, so we had we had two other actors helping out on set with the cameras. So that that in itself, if they don't know how to operate the cameras, you're kind of like, well, okay. <laughs> kind of like uh, have to watch them and stuff like that, which I don't mind, but I don't mind teaching either. But we were on a time constraint too. We only had that place for eight hours, and we had to get it done. So that that Absolutely. is probably the biggest challenge, you know.
4: Absolutely. And then um, have you ever done a full-fledged project, and when you were watching it, like, let's say you just got done with your last shoot, you know, you're editing the film, and you finally got it all in one big project, and everything's good to go, and then you decide to rewatch it and just look over it again. Has there been a time where you... Looked at a certain scene that you were editing or whatever, and you looked at it. and You go, man, I think this camera angle would be a little bit better. Have you ever actually went and back and reshot scenes, or have you kind of, or have you just looked over it and said, man, I could have done this a little bit better, and then kind of just moved on with it?
6: Um, I I I do I, I do and did at times with the evil lurks would would rewatch scenes and think, dang, we we could have done better, we could have done something different. But the beauty about Obviously, camera work, as you already know, is you can change it and stuff like that while you're on set. So we had we had variety when we were filming the movie. We did multiple takes on, like, one or two different camera angles, then we'd move the cameras and stuff like that, making sure not to use the dead wall and that sort of thing. And so I, I think with the variety and how much we shot with this movie, we had plenty to choose from. I mean, and you, you'll be surprised. I mean, the cameras that, the cameras that we used, they were digital SR cameras made by Canon. And okay. some people are like, why did you use that? I'm like, well, because those cameras provide the dirt that you need in a horror film. They're not 4K. So that's one of the reasons why we use those cameras too.
4: Okay. And then uh, <laughs> my final question to you, just because I mm-hmm. just thought of it, have you ever... I- ever in your career experienced the dreaded frame of black where you know you edit this huge project everything's going well and then all of a sudden you rewatch it and all of a sudden there's just a little blip of a black screen in in the middle of your film i i realized it when i've when i back in college i did um i did our news show for for college and every once in a while i go through my youtube video that i made or i produced for it and i go through and i go and I I get so mad at myself because I didn't see the little frame of black that was that just mm-hmm. appeared right after a, a movie or something like that, or I'd have to add, have somebody edit the story because their story had a frame of black. Have you ever had that happen to you?
6: Yes, I've had that happen to me, and it is such oh my gosh, it's 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 indescribable. Other than I can just say your 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 heart breaks. You're like that's part of a scene that's so epic and so awesome that you're like, oh, man, no. I mean, because something like that, not like that, but something similar happened where we had our camera on an eight-foot crane behind a couch, and we were raising it up and down and getting really cool shots of it, and we finally dialed it in with the actor, and it looked beautiful. But that footage came up completely missing. It was in the can, on our cards, everything. It just disappeared. I
3: did notice there, there there was one scene that there was a telescope down uh, on a woman uh, i don 't know if it was Tiffany or not, but it was beautiful, uh, so one did make it in the film that I did notice sorry to jump yeah, in here yeah
6: awesome
2: uh, Aaron Hawkins is our guest here uh, we 're on 89.1 fm and um, well we got uh, well we got about fifteen here, uh, minutes here left with our buddy here now awesome. uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, we talked about evil works and we talked about how much fun that is and now. Did you, you had to put up your own money for that film, right?
6: Yes, I, I, I funded it, and also uh, Chris Cern also helped fund it. You know, with like buying props and food and ev- basically everything that goes into it, and that sort of thing. Um, we also did a lot of DIY stuff, like like a blood splatter up against the camera lens, and that sort of thing. The leaning back of Kimberly when she's leaning back all awkwardly um that's all diy and that sort of thing to make it look dark out we hung a lot of black huge tarps over the house and that certain sort of thing to make it look dark the moonlight we had an outstanding cinematographer named uh jeremy applebaum he he ran cameras and did outstanding lighting with it so i mean yeah it was it was a good so time not- man
2: so, with that being said as you, as you 're working on the project and you're like you know i 'm funding this it's like we've got to get this done in one take because you know the this film is costing me uh, uh this film has cost me twenty bucks every time the the camera turns on. We got to get this one take we or do you not skip on
6: the takes you don't worry about that, you just let it fly um i i I'm the type like i will I will call action, and i 'll let the camera roll because you never know what type of golden nuggets you're gonna find in that footage. Like in the director's cut that I have, that's two hours and twenty eight minutes. There's a part where Bill, which he's that creepy, creepy dude, he's walking to go into the kitchen to go grab something, and he trips over something, and he goes ow, and that made it into the that made it into the the director's cut. It didn't make it into theatrical because we had to cut it back to, you know, for for everyone to watch and enjoy it. But yeah, I mean things like that. I mean I let I'll let the camera roll because you just never know. Um but I won't let it roll past like thirty seconds past like what I wanna where I wanna cut at. So you know And then when you're when you're
2: when you're when you're filming and doing the doing the doing the scenes and everything mm-hmm. are you like when when you like set up the camera and you set up the shot and you get everybody all set and position and everything Are you, like, thinking, like, okay, we got this, I know exactly what I want to do, and then someone, like, flubs a line, you're like, you know what, that line was much better. I want to use that. Let's do that again.
6: Absolutely. I am not Quentin Tarantino when it comes to the script. Unless there's a monologue that I want verbatim, like towards the end of the movie, then that has to be verbatim. But typically... I will give the actors creative freedom. Read the script, understand their character, understand the lines. If you can nail the lines perfectly, great. If not, switch up a few words, make it your own because that's what's going to draw the audience and and say, you know what, this person, I'm feeling that person. I'm I am relating with that person. I mean, there's a scene in the in the movie that always gets me every single time, even when even when we we're in post production editing. It got me every time. I'm not gonna give it away, um, but it is one of two triggers in the movie, so um, it it always gets me. So, but I, I let so, I give creative freedom.
2: So when you're when you're setting up to film the movie and start, you like do you like have a set of number of days that you want to have it done? Like you want to have it like done in 30 days? You want to have it done in two weeks? Or does that not matter?
6: Uh, to me. I mean, I would I would have loved to have it done in a month, but, I mean, all said and done, we we spread it out in six months on during the year 2019 from May to uh, December. But add up all those days, it was 30 days total probably, maybe less. So, yeah, I, I do have a goal in mind, but if we go over by like a day or two or whatever, that's fine because there's always contingencies. Like if you do get money from somewhere else and – a budget and that sort of thing from other people, then there's, you know, contingencies for that. So,
2: uh, Aaron Hawkins, our guest here. We've got about eight minutes here left with our buddy, and then our next guest will be on. My next question for you is when mm-hmm. you're, when when you come up with an idea, you mentioned that you have three projects uh, waiting in the wings that you want to start doing, right? Now here's my question.
0: Mm-hmm. If
2: someone like me says to you, I'll come out and work for you for free. You don't have to pay me until the the movie makes money. I'll come and carry your bags. I'll go get your cappuccino. I'll do whatever you need to do. If you need to put your legs up, you can use my back. Would you be willing to hire me if I do all that stuff? Because I want to come
6: work yeah, for you. Yes, yes, absolutely. But you would have to be compensated somehow, you know. I'm not going to i would not let you do that for free, especially putting totally. my movies on your back. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> I got a I got a quick
3: question for you. Sure. So uh, you I, you acted as in a major pivotal role
6: in your film as
3: Paul. Um, did you yeah. have to audition for that role?
6: Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> actually, actually we needed we needed a male. <laughs> we needed a male nurse, and I happened to have a. A you know scrubs with me and I threw them on and the <laughs> way we
0: went.
2: Hey, you
6: nailed it. So yeah, uh, well, yeah. you, 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 so you need
2: a, a male nurse. So Greg Falker was not available. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No,
6: I was hoping he was, but you know he didn't. He didn't return my phone calls. So.
2: That's awesome. Uh, well, we have about uh, seven minutes left. And for those of you who go to our Facebook page on a regular basis and listen to the show, if you go to our Facebook page, as of day, our Monday, live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Kansas FM page like that. Do a $10 a month donation to shower. We'll get you qualified to win an autograph picture from past guests, current guests, future guests. Uh, Aaron, I believe you may have some on the way or you're sending some.
6: Yes, I'm going to have to uh, send them out, and you'll just uh, provide me the... You know, the deets on that, and I will get them out to you. Um, I'm trying to get these Blu-rays out, and I'll include a couple in there. They're going to be individually numbered and signed.
2: All right, yeah, because I would definitely like a, a copy of the movie that I can add to my man cave and say, hey, I'm going to be in this guy's next film, and then my friends will be like, uh, so what are you paying him?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese tokens.
2: <laughs>
0: hey, now, nah, yeah, all me-
2: right. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. Trancy. Well, well, Chuck E. Cheese joke is I usually well. Then you're cheating me up. I usually just ask for a couple hot dogs and a in a cot to uh, sleep on, during, on on the set. <laughs> but hey, Chuck E. Cheese joke is man, you're just <laughs> you're just yeah. me. Uh, all right, um, Aaron's our guest here. I'll tell you what, man. We got about the five minutes here left with you, and uh, you have been so awesome. awesome. Yeah. So, well, when do you plan on starting your next project and when do you want me out there? And uh, now I'll tell you what, uh, I can't speak for my other co-hosts here because, uh, you know, um, they like money for some reason, and I, I just like to be yeah. part of stuff. Uh, you can ask anybody. Yeah. The icon will work for free. Just that I've mm-hmm. done this show for seven years, uh, and my account is still in the negative. But anyway, uh, when do when you want to start your next project? I want to come out and help you out. I don't care what well, it is. I'll, I want to come help you.
6: Well, the next project coming up is Doomsday, and we are kind of in limbo because of the uh, Stag After Strike happening right now. Because we want to bring on uh, names like Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead and that sort of thing. Well, we also want to bring on another person from The Walking Dead. I just I've, I'm at a loss for his name right now, but he's he's one of the main characters. Um, we want to bring one or one or two of those guys or both of them on the, on, the, on Doomsday to play a lead. Uh, it's, it's probably going to most likely be filmed somewhere in the southwest or even in California, Colorado, You know, maybe in your neck of the woods. Who knows? We haven't uh, done any location, Scottie, because we're kind of like in limbo right now because we're trying to get funds for this movie because we already know it's going to cost uh, quite a bit of money to make this film. Um, unlike Evil That's- Earth, it didn't, didn't cost us much to do it.
2: Well, you know, I'll tell you what, Aaron, we can make this happen. If you decide to come film here, we can get mm-hmm. you we, we can get you back. We can get people involved. Uh, I'm sure Matthias will uh, come help out. Uh, Zing will help out. I'll do whatever you need. Uh, and I'll tell you what, and then you can have the premiere at the Fargo Theater, and you'll be treated like a
3: god when you're here.
6: Fargo, North Dakota, huh? All right. <laughs> yeah. Fargo,
3: red carpet. Just waiting for you.
6: Man, that that sounds really tempting, and there's a, a lot. lot of. How I many?
3: Well, we got we got a lot, lot of incentives. Of, yeah,
6: we got a lot of people here, and we have four seasons: winter, flood, road construction, and football. <laughs> that sounds about like here in the Chicagoland area. We have five seasons, one of them being construction. So, yeah, I'm very familiar with the craziness. <laughs> well,
2: I'll tell you what: we yeah. got about uh, we got about uh, two minutes left here with you. What? Uh, if our fans want to check out Steve, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. I'm never talking Icon Again website. What do you got?
6: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my Facebook page is Aaron L. Hawkins, and I have a Facebook for uh, Evil Lurks, which is titled Evil Alerts. Uh We have a website, evilurksmovie.com. Uh, The There is a Instagram for Evil Lurks the movie. Oh, gosh. We have a store on eBay called Crazy Rock Film Store that sells a bunch of swag for the movie and that sort of thing, a voice, and IMDb page. The movie is on, movie's on Tubi, Apple TV, not the plus, uh, Plex It's coming to Cineverse, which is the same one that Terrifier 2 is on. And there's like nine other platforms it's going to be on or is working its way on right now. There's one for those Brazilian people and that live in Brazil. There's one that's called box Brazil play. It's, exclusive to Brazil, so if you have friends out there, check it out there.
3: <laughs> oh, uh, I thought I'm Tubi today. Tubi.
2: That's why I watched it as well. Well, I'll tell you what, Aaron, thank you so much. And uh, uh, I know this will come as a shock to people, but you have given me your phone number, and I will promise I'll stop calling you and begging you for a job uh, <laughs> as long as I can get one. Uh, uh, but I do... I do appreciate everything you do, Aaron. You are awesome, and I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Be with us, and I, uh, the three of us can't come. Uh, can't wait to come work for
6: you. We're on our way. Awesome, awesome, <laughs> cool, man. Thank, thank you guys for having me on tonight. All
2: right, thanks, Aaron. All thank right, you. hey, I, hey guys, that was fun. Aaron Hawkins, and I think I, I, I think I just got us a job. I think so. We just landed a gig. Thanks, man. All right, no problem. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Like I said, uh, uh, Zinger, uh, you join this show, I get you work. Hey, both uh, Yeah, just ask Matthias. Both uh, I'll places. tell you what. Uh, we got our next guest, waiting Wings. We got to take a quick little commercial timeout. We'll be back after these messages and our next guest. So stick around. We will be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, the
4: new bucks are here. The new blocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. Just go to our website www.kensfm.com and under the more merch tab you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order get yours now while supply last we have these in limited quantity so order now at www.kensfm.com
2: ladies and gentlemen stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle the man that makes a leather jacket look amazing He is the man that we have all been waiting for. He is our man himself. He is Joe Rosen.
1: Hey, this is Joe Rosen. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM, with your host, the icon and Peg Zine, also with the big swing, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, Joe. How
2: are you, Joe? Thanks for joining us, man. We, uh... We're glad that uh, you were able to take time out of your schedule. We have uh, While well, we have a good 40 minutes with you. you, you think you can last that long?
1: Oh, I'm sure, man.
2: All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, table, then we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But uh, first off, you got to give us a little background about yourself.
1: Oh Well, all right. Uh, I, I just came back from uh, the MLC Awards up in Green Bay at the uh, Tarleton Theater where I just won my very first award for best uh, actor in a lead film in a feature film. Awesome! Yeah, it's, it's for a desperate Spells by Acrostar Films. So it was a, I'm a newcomer with them, and, and uh, my first time ever working with them. And then look what happens! Pleasure time working with those people, it's like a family.
2: And uh, when you when you got the when you got the award, I, I'm I'm always been curious about this. When you, when you got the award and you, you knew that you are going to be nominated, you obviously don't know that you're going to win it, but what did they do to entice you to come out to the award show?
1: Oh, it was just the fact that I was nominated. I wanted to go there. and Plus, I had have some people that worked on the film as well, and I also wanted to go with them too. Even if I didn't win, just being nominated is just fine, and also to cheer on my other fellow uh, castmates who are also nominated too.
2: And, you know, one thing, uh, one thing uh, that's true about all your films, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, in every one of your films, you always like to do a little wink when you're in the film. I, I, I can't, I've caught that in every single one of your films.
1: Sometimes I do. Uh, I, I did do one for Desperate Souls, but they cut that one out. I thought, like, oh, okay, that's fine. Just a little cheeky. Um, I, I, I always like to take that from James Cagney, who was one of my influences as a kid, and even much more so as an adult, just one of the many influences.
2: That's awesome. Uh, Joe Rosings, I guess you're on 89.1 KENS FM, and we got a lot of time here with Joe. I'm going to ask you a few more questions, then we'll do the roundtable, and we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. Now, you've, uh, you've, had, uh, you've had several films that you've done, uh, and we'll, we'll uh, talk about a few of them uh, that uh, I do want to hit on. Um, let's see, probably one of the uh, coolest ones that you were in was uh, Desperate Souls, and uh, A Broken Promise, and uh, the Welcome to the Game. And uh, Welcome to the Game was an awesome
1: film. How did you get involved in that one? I got reached out by uh, Jonathan Mueller, Mueller. I think I'm pronouncing his name right, I hope. I'm bad with names. Uh, and he said that he had to depart from me, and I just started my YouTube page. I just put all my audition videos on there so I can have a place to, to store them, archive them. And he just watched a lot of the YouTube videos. said, like, oh, we want you for this part. You don't worry about audition. You, you got it if you want it. And I go, oh, great. And so he gave me this long script, like seven pages from my character. And it was like the biggest challenge I've had at a time because each time I had to talk, it was about a half a page or a page long in itself. Memorizing things aren't that hard for me to do. So I uh, just constantly read it over and over and over again and pictured how I would do it. Uh, it was based off of a video game, like a PC game, and the character when you see the 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 villain, which is what I played, he usually is just sitting there at the desk and it's kinda monotone which I am too, so it worked out just fine. But I wanted to move around a bit more, give him a little bit more of an attitude and personality to it, so I moved around and then did that. And it was really, really nice to to play the bad guy like that and uh it was the whole entire time I was there. I kept hearing Pulp Fiction references because that, that's how I was dressed like, and going, oh, okay, that's fine." So, it was now, really oh, uh, fun. what?
2: I also got to ask you. I also got to ask you about the movie *Desperate Souls*. One of the things uh, you you actually had a, a good friend of the shows uh, that you were on the cover, movie cover with. I want to ask you about that too. Uh, uh, Miss Bradford, uh, she's actually a great uh, friend of the shows, and. Uh, I she she probably won't she probably won't ever talk to me again after I say this, but one thing I asked her when she was on with us, I said, Can you hook us up uh with uh with Joe, uh Rosing? And she's like, Well, uh, I can try and then she she told me how to reach you on Facebook and the rest is history.
1: Oh yeah, Angel's a very, very nice young lady. Uh, on and off camera. In fact I couldn't have had any else anybody else better to work with at you know as Devon and her character being more. It really worked out great. Uh, Real, real gem of the young lady.
2: Now, for the cover of that movie, Desperate Souls, uh, did you guys have to fight over who was going to be in the front and who was going to be in the back?
1: No, that was uh, Steve Herman's idea, and that cover wasn't supposed to be the original cover. Uh, It was supposed to be just the mock cover of it, and we were going to redo it later on when we were done filming. And... Since I had grown the beard out, and I'm not a fan of beards, I always prefer clean shaving or at least a couple of days of not shaving and I hack it off again because it, it drives me crazy. I'm not the right. beard guy. And so I we got done finally filming the last day. I, I told him, hey, I'm going to go shave my beard. I asked the producer, Ann, is that okay? I can go shave. And I, asked, I told Angel and everybody, I forgot to ask Steve. So I went to go shave, and I showed Steve, like, hey, you like how the beard's gone now? We had to redo the cover of the movie. And i going, uh-oh. So that that became the official movie cover because of my goof-up.
2: Well, you know, I will say one thing, Joe. You do rock stubble and a leather jacket like no one else can. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. Uh, uh, Joe uh, Joe Rosings is our guest here on 89.1 Kids. I want to introduce you to our, our our. our first co-host, his name is Ped Zing, and uh, I know he's a big fan of yours, especially uh, some of the uh, uh, some of the past stuff like uh, Doomsday Stories and A Broken Promise. Uh, Zing, go ahead, you're in. What do you got? Hey,
3: uh, first of all, nice to meet you. Uh, good evening, Joe. Pleasure to be talking okay. to you today. Uh, you know, I kind of want to go off script here, and I want to ask you, I, I did a uh, couple of months of research uh, about you here in preparation for today's, tonight's show. Um, I, I uh, read that you uh, taught yourself chess at the age of 10 and that you uh, still play competitively. Uh, I guess my main question is, uh, what openings and defenses do you prefer? Oh, I don't
1: know. Any, believe it or not, I don't know any of the um, chess things, believe it or not. Uh, matter of fact, it's great to talk to you, Payne. Uh, I get ahead of myself sometimes. Uh, I just pl- practice, I just move the best that I can do, and uh, I play by myself, so like, it's a great form of meditation, so I know there's certain moves, like the Queen's Gambit and other things, and the reason why I know the name, because that TV show on Netflix that I saw recently, which is pretty good, I just do it as I'm going to do it, and I usually win.
3: And you taught yourself, and that's kind of, that's... How, how that plays into your playing style i would imagine and you're kind of like tommy from the Who, you play by sense of smell right instinct oh yeah <laughs> you're I
1: not just
0: say, a oh face. yeah
1: oh yeah I, I play by myself that way i can learn from my own mistakes too
3: excellent excellent um also i see that you are a direct descendant of samuel morse that's very that's very excellent
1: Oh yes, my mother does a lot of genealogy, so we found out we're a direct descendants of Samuel Morse, the man who invented Morse code, and so we're obviously raking in a lot of the money now, the royalties, because everybody still uses Morse code. Yeah, ha ha ha. Right? right yeah,
3: it's big, big revenue streams uh, coming off that Morse code these days.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. but that, that's a, that's wonderful.
2: Uh, Joe Rosings, I guess you're on FM. we we've got about uh, 32 minutes to left with our man. And one other thing that I, I find is fascinating about you, and uh, our producer gets most of our information here from IMDb.com. so if the information is uh, inaccurate, you'll have to fire IMDB, not our producer. But uh, they, he had mentioned that uh, you like to uh, wear two wedding bands, one on each ring finger. Is that true? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I wear it, and there's a story behind that, too. Go ahead. No. Uh, well, um, well, I, well, I used to be married a long, long time ago, and be um, like ten years. Ten years has come in January since it, it, it was no more. We weren't married for that long, and after a few years, I decided we're. My my band was a gold band at the time, and uh, so I went to the Walmart after a few years later. I decided to get put a stolen silver ring on my hand because I didn't really want to do it again. And then a lot of people started to question why am I not married why am I wearing one if I'm not married? They thought I was trying to pick up people and that's not the reason why I'm wearing it. So I decided to put the other one on my other hand to leave people you know, alone about it. I mean there's nothing wrong with asking about it because it's very unusual. But I always hated it when people mind my business. I don't mind minding yours. Please leave me alone. And uh, and I so I wear it on the other one on the other hand too to keep the mystery too. And plus matter of fact in Europe they wear it on the other hand. So it's you know, it's I came close a second time getting married, but it didn't happen, so I, I'm now a career man.
2: Um, and, um, I'm going to introduce you to Matthias here uh, real quick, but do you know, I'm sure you know, uh, Joe, do you know why they refer to the uh, the one hand as your ring finger?
1: The left one? Yeah. Because you wear it on that hand? I don't know.
2: Well, it's the, the, that's the only finger that has a vein that c- connects to your heart.
1: Oh, yeah, I have heard of that, too. I forgot that.
2: And uh, I think uh, probably one of your one of your theme songs could be uh, from uh, George Jones' song, uh, I Put a Wedding Band on the Right Left Hand This Time. I like that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. You are cool, man. <laughs> we're oh, we're, thanks, we're I'm loving it. All right, we have uh, Joe Rosings, I right, guess, here on 89.1 Gens FM. Hey, uh, Nightmare, uh, what do you got for our guest? I know that you're a big fan of uh, a lot of his movies as well, uh, such as uh, Mission... Uh, 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 A series about a series, and uh, uh, justice prevails. So go ahead, Matthias, what do you got, man?
4: Well, yes, you are talking the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed NSC World Tag Team Champion, and soon-to-be NSC World Heavyweight Champion, APW World Heavyweight Champion, BZW World Champion, and EWI Epic Champion and an honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Uh, and uh yes, Matthias, welcome on to my part of the program. Um my main question to you would be is what has been one of the most uh, difficult projects you've ever had to work on and uh why exactly did it make it one of the tougher projects you've had to work with?
2: Well he hasn't worked with me
1: yet. <laughs> 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 oh gee That's a hard question to answer actually um, I don't know I don't really think I've had one of those intr- well, No I take that back now uh, I will not mention the, the name of the project I will not mention the name of the production company Nor the location I, But I will say this um, It was my first time ever regretting anything That that project that I worked on uh, I was the only one Who knew those lines and that's just an infuriating when nobody else has the lines. I mean, you know, there are certain circumstances that I get like, you get like a 13-page script and they just gave it to you the night prior. I get it. I don't, I don't know. But I expect you to memorize the whole script at all overnight. But when you have the script for a couple months and none nice. of you know the lines but the one actor, me, that, that means me, uh, you should not be in this business. And uh, when somebody also doesn't show, two people don't show up for work for that, well, we can't really do too much either because, you know, this isn't like a regular job either. You're like, okay, we can call someone else and replace this guy. At the meantime, when he's sick, no big deal. It's a team effort. One piece breaks down of the whole machine, the whole machine breaks down. And, uh, you know, and plus the production company wasn't very prepared either. I mean, again. You never name names or right? anything, so I will never name and say who these people ever were. But I will never ever do this again. It was. Um, so I, it, it might be just a one-time only, but you know what? I had to I had to be a little angry for the scene, so it worked out just fine because nobody realized I was not acting because I was pretty. You know, I was still keeping it cool, but I was pretty turned off by it. But uh, you know, it it was really really bad. I'll just, I'll just say that I'm not going to go too much detail about it because you never know, but uh, there's never again with that.
2: So Joe, that being said yeah. does that mean that uh, you're not ever gonna mention that you were on the show? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. I think it's obvious everybody's show trip, being No, this is nice. <laughs> uh
2: Joe uh we have uh Joe Rosing as our guest here on eighty nine point one Kent FM and for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page as Air, Monday Lab Monday, you like that, go to eighty nine point one Kent page like that. Do a ten dollar month donation for follow the tower, we'll get you automatically qualified to win a past guest current uh a past guest, current guest, future guests. And I do believe, uh, Joe you might be sending us a few if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, uh but which, which kinds would you like? I mean it's you can, you're free well, to go to my whatever page. You
2: and... oh, whatever you can do.
1: All right then. Um, sure. Um, well, can I awesome. send it through carrier? Can I send it to you through carrier pigeon?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we prefer telegraph. Yeah,
3: telegraph. There you go. <laughs> or, or what, what was that? Teletype. Teletype. So teletype. Alphanumeric. <laughs> a- ASCII code. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hot uh, air balloon.
2: No, <laughs> hey, hot air balloon. There you, or how about this? How about a drone?
1: No, that's too fancy.
2: Yeah, that's too expensive. <laughs> uh, Joe, uh, Joe Rosenthal, yes, you're on 89.1 KTFM, and I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, some of the current projects that uh, you got going on. Uh, according to IMDb, you've got uh, six projects that you're working on or have completed. Uh, Greg, John, and Me, uh, Tears of the Damned, Attack of the Corn Zombies, uh, The Blood Moon, Welcome to the Game, and Honeymoon in Red. Now, let me ask you this. Were you... Were you, like, spending, like, one week at, on one set and then having to go and spend two weeks on another set and then going, uh, like, a month on another? How, what kind of schedule was that with all the different projects that you had coming out?
1: Oh, That's not so bad, believe it or not. I mean, I, I, everything's spaced out. Sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's a couple of days here and there. Sometimes it's spaced out here and there. Sometimes it's just I'm only needed for the one day, like, welcome to the game. I was only needed for the one day, and that was it. it and It was a blast uh, see, the corn zombies. I was only, I was only supposed to need for two days, but they crammed all my stuff in one day, which is okay. And it was, that was fun too. And that's going to be an incredibly graphic one of, of, so far for the AcroStars. And I think everybody's going to love that one a lot. Uh, for, uh, then I got another one that's going on called the blood moon, but right now that's on hold because of the sag thing. I, it, I think we're just doing it out of respect. we've all the vampires mm-hmm. and, um, uh, what was the other ones you mentioned? Uh honeymoon in red, you play the groom? Oh yeah, we did that one one day. There is a one uh,
0: day?
1: Well well no, my scene was just done in one day. Oh, I okay. I never I had to, yeah, I think it was like the first time I really had to do any kind of physical activity a whole lot of for filming. But that one's still in post production. it should be done pretty soon. That was a pretty fun one to do as well. Uh, we had an accident with a shovel one time. Uh, my uh, theme partner, uh, G G, and uh, like Alder said I, Alder, I can't like, like I said until so bad with last names. Uh, we were playing with a shovel, and she just spun it, and she got me right in the knee, and uh, yeah, that hurt, hurt quite a bit. Did you know get or... about it. No, 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 not that's so bad. It was just like you know, like you hit the funny bone. It was, like, we all had a good laugh, but it was okay. She felt really, really bad. but It was an accident. No big deal. Well, so with, that
2: being said, have, with that being said, have you ever had any, like, real injuries on set at all?
1: Yes. I actually hurt myself pretty badly on an attack of the corn zombies. I uh, sprained my shoulder really badly. And it was an incredible amount of pain for a few days. Uh, I, I don't, I do my own stunts kind of, Kind of thing. I mean, I had not really had the thing where going. No, I'm not doing it. Get somebody else to do it. You know, put the leather jacket on and make somebody look like me to do it. You know, because uh, I, I, I had as got shoulder problems. I also got knee problems. Like one time, well, twice, my left shoulder kind of just went out, and I just couldn't move it at all whatsoever. At this time, it was my right shoulder, so it was so uncomfortable. It was painful to even try to sleep. Uh, I just, I really, really injured myself on that one. But I got a little bit better after a few days, and everything went away. Even the IBS.
2: Now, with that that being said, and you know, you mentioned you injured your shoulder and you do your own stunts. uh, And I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question. But now, is there like any uh, like disability that you can get uh, if you're laid up for a couple days? Uh, You know, like do they give you like like hazard pay or not really because you decide to do your own stunt?
1: You know, I really don't know. I never really inquired about that one, and I'm, I'm not. I'm just more concerned about making sure we get the things done right. I'm doing my job, and we're all doing the team. But I got, you know, some stuff I just go. To, I don't even think about because I'm so focused on the project itself.
2: What is the coolest stuff that you ever did?
1: Oh, jeez. I what
2: know that's a loaded
1: question. Well, no, it's, it's just more of a mouthful because there's a lot of the cool stuff I've done. Uh, you know, de- doing Desperate Souls was, was really, really cool because it was something I've always wanted to do to play a serious role a whole lot. You know, i and doing a um, a fan, short fan film called uh, Fallout, Highly Man. I play the, the Volt Dweller in that. That's still in po- post-production. Um, waiting for that to get done pretty soon. I think everybody will like that. Um, let's see here. I, oh, I I lo- I stopped counting at around nine or ten times when I've been killed. I got killed again the other day. You know, I guess everybody's a fan of me getting killed, which I, I guess <laughs> is nice to them. Um, I like the creative deaths too, though. I really like oh, that's unique—being eaten alive by a big lounge chair. I was never that never happened, but I'm just saying that's an interesting way of dying. Um. Uh, let's see, oh my goodness, what else is there? Coolest things I've done, pretty acting. I'm, I'm going through everything right now. There's like so many to pick from. I can't even just choose just a few of them. Oh, I know. Um, doing a commercial for a candle for for Trinity, Hugh Aromatics. That was pretty fun to do. That that was actually it, it wasn't supposed to come off as a comedy bit, but it just came off as total blue with the fart gags in there and everything. So that was that was a really fun full day. Or one time we did a one where we had a, like a fight scene, and the cops showed up. So they thought it was real. So that's pretty good, and they thought it was real.
2: Jill Rosings, I guess you're on 89.1 on FM. We have a, a fan question coming in. Uh, the fan want to know, what is the most expensive leather jacket
0: that
1: you own? Oh, wow, I got quite a few of them. Geez. I got... Two of them I probably say they're the same price. They're both from the from a, an apparel company, which they're in Illinois and Iowa, and they're called Straight to Hell. And that's that's the name of the company, you know. Uh, and mm-hmm. the one's black and black and white. I use that quite a lot, and the one is brown leather. And those ones I like a whole lot. Those are, you know, they. And if you really want to know what the prices could be, they're like over almost like three hundred bucks. Those things.
2: Uh, do you prefer do you, do you prefer black over brown? I would guess.
1: I would say black over brown, yeah, but I wanted to buy brown just because it was something nice and different. You know, um, we, yeah, I have a black black and red one. I got a black and white one. I got a, I have a uh, western one with fringe. I'm not a fan of fringe, but this one I felt like, yeah, yeah, that'll work. That looks nice. Um, I, uh I think I, my first leather jacket I got was 19, and it's like two sizes too big now because I lost so much weight, and it's pr- almost like in mint condition. So I've been wanting to sell that thing. So if anybody ever wants it, I have a Poshmark account, or I have an eBay account. I didn't mean to put it up there. Um, I'll sell it for 100 bucks. if somebody wants to buy that thing. It's like it, it's from Wilson's I, leather. Uh, I will, and I I'll, I'll
3: give you 150
1: for it. Oakley to Oakley.
2: All right. We, 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 we could talk about that. We, we could talk about that off here if you, if you ever take my phone call again. I'll understand if you, you hang up on me after this. <laughs> uh, Joe, I was think was you going can you on.
1: Go ahead. I no, was, was just agreeing with it. You got a deal. Sold. Cool.
2: All right. I. Um, and you want it all at once, right? You won't
1: take payments, right?
3: Layaway. <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> oh no! I'll,
1: I'll, no, I want it all at once. I'm not a loan shark. <laughs> no, no
3: interest.
2: Right. Well, I I can I can just imagine uh uh well, I'll tell you what. You uh uh with all the with all the projects and stuff that you've done, uh are you you mentioned that uh you you talked a little bit about the strike. Are you able to comment on that or is that something that's off limits right now? Uh
1: I am non-union and um I don't know. I'm just going to say no comment for now because I don't know what I should or should not say, so I'll just say no comment.
2: Okay. Now, uh well, let me ask you this. Uh do you uh do you think uh the strike is gonna last like is it gonna be like an overdrawn thing or uh do you think that hopefully it would get cleared up within uh well, the next couple of weeks or maybe the next couple of months instead of dragging out for the next year or so?
1: I, I, I honestly don't know. I'm just I never seen anything like this before. I really don't know.
2: That's awesome. Uh I, Joe Joe is our guest here. Uh, we're at 89.1 Kids FM. So what um, you mentioned that you have the project on hold because of the strike. Uh, have, have you ever had the situation, uh, you know, like we mentioned that there's, uh, on IMDb it says there are six projects that, uh, that uh, you're working on. Now, have you ever, you know, you mentioned about the, the whole shaving thing and uh, you shaved and you, you didn't know that you'd be doing the movie cover. But has there been a situation like uh, the film wrapped and then uh maybe a month or a week or a couple months later, uh, well, hey, we need you to come back and uh film this scene because it just wasn't what we wanted or it it doesn't edit does that ever happen?
1: Uh, we had one with uh Flesh Fire from Chibi's Films. It was just like a four second scene, no big deal. My hair is like maybe about an inch longer, maybe two at most. Maybe like if you're not paying attention you'll you won't notice it but it was just like made like four seconds of like so-so. He, he asked us to come back and redo that scene and then they, another one thing just for like safety because he doesn't want to, because Derek, Derek Brash, he doesn't want to submit it without making sure it looks okay because he'll be upset with himself. He didn't fix it. It's like, no, me, me and Lillian, we, we both went over and we did that, that, those two little scenes, no problem. I mean, I don't mind doing stuff like that. I get it too. Like we all want the work to be perfect. We don't want anything sloppy. We want it to be the best we can do. And I guess that that's the part of, of this business. Sometimes you do what you got to do.
2: And when you're when you're uh, when you go into a role and you decide that uh, I, I'm going to take this role, uh, and then you read the script, and then uh, do you ever have the situation like uh, you read a line and you're like, you know what, I could probably make this line a little better, or I want to change it a little bit and make it my own. Do you do you ever get in, into that, or do you just basically have to stick to what you're given?
1: Oh I, I do that. i mean I prefer to do it. I memorize the script word verbatim. I prefer it like that because it is the writer's creativity, but there's nothing wrong with asking. i mean I always ask worst case scenario' to no and it's not a problem we I've done that with you know with uh t v film and acro stars and and I think I've even done that with uh, the people you know j and n j and n productions as well a lot of people and it's sometimes and it's nice that they give us some of the freedom that we can you know because they say sometimes the actors come up with something even better like i actually asked if I can give a couple different lines for Desperate Souls. And, they, and, and Steve Farmer said, yeah, I really like that idea you had. And um, it just happens. Or you, like, flub a line and you just keep going like it never happened. Sometimes a little error sometimes makes the film even better. And that way you also know it's truly really acting. Like, if you go to a concert, you could tell sometimes an accident happened. Uh, I went to a and t concert, like, the, on a leap year, the year we had the, the pandemic and the guy goofed up by the beginning of the song, and he just said, all right, let's try this again, kind of thing, he didn't say it like that, but, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but that way, you know, it's live, and that way, you know, it's authentic.
2: And have you ever had the situation like uh, you were given a line, and uh, you delivered it, and the director's like, okay, let's redo that, but say it like this, and then you go through it, you, you and you thought you said it exactly the way he expected it, and then like, no, we're going to do it again, and then you do it again, and then you next thing you know, you've like said the same line 20 times. How often does something like that happen?
1: Oh, very rarely. That's very rarely that's ever happened to me. Um, it, I, you I can, think it might have can, happened. You could pretty much nail it right away, right? Generally, I mean, it was like some, there was one time I was working on some movies, it would be like where it was just so hot we were doing a scene. Welcome to the game that I'm in. It was so hot in that room. It was so hot you couldn't even think sometimes. The same goes for another scene I did from Desperate Souls. I was sweating bullets. Uh, I knew my lines, but I just couldn't think, and I was getting aggravated with myself, which is not a good idea. But we got it down. He said, "Joe, just say it like this. Just cut it down." And going, okay, and we got it. and
2: what is the longest uh, time period that you've ever been on a set? What is the shortest time period that you've ever been on a set? Uh,
1: let's see here. I think the longest time period I've ever been on a set was for Desperate Souls. And I think the shortest time period I've been, you mean like as in just all together or like come back the next day, next in two weeks or come back three days later or just all together kind of thing?
2: Well, like, for instance, if you're on, like, set for, like, three days and then you went to work on another project and then you had to come back to set for, like, 15 more days, something like that.
1: Oh, I think the same. Um, I would say... Oh, boy. I don't really remember, actually. Uh, I would probably maybe pick Honeymoon in Red, I think.
0: not too sure. Sure. That's
1: probably one of the ones I was on for the shortest amount of time, working. Uh, it might not be the shortest shortest, but it's the one I can probably think of. That was a pretty fun day.
2: And is there a, is there a, a particular role you like uh, you like to do preferred over the other? And is there also a role that you really want to play that you haven't had the opportunity to do yet?
1: Uh, I've always wanted to play a monster because, uh, and I've always wanted to do, like, a black-and-white, you know, 1940s film because those are the type of actors that I've always aspired to be, the actors from the 40s and 50s, because that's the type of acting style that I base how I do things from those people. I don't follow a lot of the ones in the modern day, believe it or not, because I like the golden age of Hollywood. You know, when movie stars are movie stars. you like uh, like, Lancaster and, and Ford and uh, Bogart and many other ones. I always wanted to be those guys. or And some of the people, like, you know, from the 70s to, to the 90s, a few here and there, but I always wanted to be the guys from, from the 40s and the 50s. And is there, is
2: there like, an actor, uh, whether it be, uh, <clears throat> uh, well, let's, let's do this, past and present. Is there a like an actor from the past that you really wish that you could work with that you probably won't ever get the opportunity because they're no longer with us? And is there, like, a current actor now that you'd like to really do a movie with?
1: Oh, uh, so many people from the past um, that I would like to work with. I can only think of, well, we'll go with what I said earlier. That would be really spectacular to work with James Cagney. And, uh, That's current, awesome. And current... Oh, maybe like just talk maybe, uh, maybe Gary Oldman because when I saw the professional for the first time, and I was always drawn to Gary Oldman's character in the movie when I was fourteen, and that was the moment when I really decided that you know what I think I'd rather play the bad guy. Forget this good guy stuff. The bad guy is way off, way cooler. So much more fun to being bad, and the best thing about being bad on camera is all pretend. You don't gotta get worried about getting arrested or getting sued or anything like that. That's that's Hey
2: yeah. Matthias, you know what it's like to be a bad guy?
4: I know how it feels like to be the
2: number one bad
4: guy. Yeah.
2: Uh we have uh we have Joe Rosen, our guest here on eighty nine point one Kent FM and we got about uh eight minutes here left with our buddy here. So uh, if our fans want to, so we don't forget this, if our fans want to check you out and see if you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got?
1: What's Twitch? Uh,
2: it's like Twitch TV. It's like uh, something like TikTok, but like a generation
1: more. You're
3: I'm not talking into to a guy with, a, gaming, you're, you're talking, a gaming thing. You're,
1: you're, you're talking to a guy with a flip phone and a tube TV and a
0: landline. Yeah, hey, like, look, like, there's, no, just... there's nothing wrong with <laughs> the oh, yeah. code.
2: There's nothing wrong with having a
1: flip phone. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's a Luddite. I got a
3: yeah, question for
1: seen... you. Yeah.
3: Um, in my research, I, I read that you uh, were uh, an impersonator of a, of a celebrity. Uh, are you still doing that? Say it again. John Travolta. John
1: Travolta impersonations? Oh yeah, I, I am a John Travolta. I am a John Travolta impersonator. Um, I don't do it a whole very a lot. It's like very very rare when I get to do that because it's not really in a high demand thing for some reason. Even though I've done Pulp Fiction once and twice, so I fever. Even though I still need to work on the dancing a schmidgen bit more. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, my first time doing that was on Father's Day last year. For silhouette and Shadow and I do art modeling and they asked me to be John Travolta from Pulp Fiction but now, so like art modeling, I pose certain poses and people draw me, so they, but, so they told me to, um, so every new pose you need to remove a piece of clothing until we all know what happens in the end and then, and friend was really excited I got my first gig as, John Tra, as a John Travolta person and I told her what I did and she goes uh she wasn't very happy with that, but I I really enjoy it. I actually really enjoy doing that. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, yeah.
2: And uh, you <laughs> still and you still have your actual hair. He doesn't.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, but you know, at least he could pull off the bald look. I can't pull off the bald look. I tried it. I look awful. Uh, I, I you know I, we all know what I look like. With, with it. I don't have a picture of me with my no hair. Thank you, God. <laughs> but it's not—it's not, it's not a look for me. It's kind of like you know, kids come on inside, look out for him. Like, no, 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 it's not what you think, you know. So, well, you know, I'll tell you I'm what. There, keep, there is. Go ahead. Uh, I'm trying to keep it PC here. Believe it or not.
2: No, that, that, is, that's fine. We, we, we appreciate that. Uh, but there is one look of yours that uh, it's on the IMDb uh, dot. Uh, dot com page, and I don't know if you'll know which uh, photo I'm referring to, but um, uh, you have shorter hair, you're wearing a leather jacket, and you have like a a red uh, plaid shirt and a black shirt. I like that short hair look. I mean, you can actually pull it off. It actually looks pretty cool.
1: Oh, thank you. It's nice to hear that. I do miss having the short hair sometimes, believe it or not. It's really hard walking around with this nice hair, thick hair I got here. You know, I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just being silly, but no. Sometimes I do miss, miss the Short Hair days because it's, it's easier to maintain. I can do the mobster look again. You know, um, this really is. Sometimes I do miss. I just pull it back every once in a while. And I always get my hair cut layered, and you know, there's nothing else you could do with layered hair than just leave it layered. It doesn't do anything else for you, but it's nice. Um, now, would you say,
2: would you say that uh, you have you probably have the the best hair in the business?
1: No, no, I'm sure somebody else would be much more nicer here. Don't you see the shampoo commercials? Those guys got great hair. I can't get those gigs. I, matter of fact, my first gig I ever got was a modeling gig, and I it was for sexy hair at the American Beauty Show. It was nice.
2: <laughs> that must have been awesome.
1: Oh, yeah, it was fun. I used to have a, I used to work at a grocery store at the, the Jewel Oscar in my hometown, Wakanda, and a boss who I won't mention his name. Because I don't want to give them any kind of credit. You used to make it seem like it's always about your hair. My hair we used to be short. Like, I kind of like no, it's just those other issues. But now it's all about the hair. So, and, so you know,
2: I know we were talking about uh, leather jackets a little earlier, uh, and I hate to keep uh, going back to IMDB dot com. You'll probably uh hate me after this, but uh there is one another picture that I'm looking at. Uh you have this black leather jacket and it has like uh it's like open, you're wearing this chain and it has like white uh like it's like black and white. The inside of it is white. That uh that had to been a
1: uh uh heavy uh priced leather jacket I would guess, huh? Yeah, I saw that when I was eyeballing. I had to get down those. Yeah, it's a black and white jacket with, some, with my hair in my face. Is that the one you're talking about?
0: Yep, yep, yep.
1: Yep, yeah, that was, uh, uh, that was taken by a photographer. Oh, God. It's been so long since I talked to her. Now that was one of the great photos she had ever took me, and I was really happy she took that one because it was nice to do something different because everybody knew me from wearing suits. I love wearing suits. They're really nice. But not, nobody really knows who I am underneath all that suit. so I really wanted to ditch the suits for a, for a while and just go back to who I used to really be before I wore all that stuff. It was just a bunch of denim and leather, and I looked like a complete, you know, like, hey, let's go jump in the mosh pit for a second here.
0: <laughs> and that's
1: another, yeah, yeah. I forget yeah. the but that was a that was a great day to do that, and I was really really pleased with how that shot came out, especially the black and white one. I really was very happy to.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, man. You 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 definitely can, uh, and I know I've lose this before, but uh, you definitely can rock a leather jacket. We got about uh, two minutes left here with you, bud, uh, and I do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be with us. But one thing I do want to ask you: if there's one role that you've been in that you want to say is your key role that you've ever done that you'd put above all the rest, what role would that be? I think I know, but I'll let you yeah. uh, tell us we'll see if I'm right.
1: Before I say it's a uh... My Instagram is Joe underscore Rosen. My Facebook is Joe Rosen. I'm not on Twitter a whole lot, but it's the same thing, Joe underscore because we skipped that. Yes. Uh obviously you know what it is? It is Devin from Desperate Souls. And there's a lot of personal things with that one. It is the most essential character I have ever played.
2: And I I, I love I loved you in that movie. It's uh it's awesome, man. And uh uh like I say, uh uh angela Bradford when we uh talked to uh talked to her on the show about uh the movie and I'm like there's got to be a way that you can hook me up with him because he he's just a, he's got he's got to be the coolest guy in the world, and I found that out that you are because you actually took my phone call, so I do appreciate
1: that well of course man I, I wouldn't not not take your phone call of course it it's actually nice to have when you have me on your show. Thank you very much.
2: And I, and I and I do I do love you, man. And most of all, I honor your friendship. And you are awesome. And I thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Uh, hopefully, you'll be willing to join us again.
1: Oh, absolutely! Thank you for having me on. All
2: right, thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. You're the man. Nice to meet you. Have a great night.
1: You too, Greg. You too. All Bye.
2: right. All right, Joe Rosing, Ladies and gentlemen, that was awesome. Uh, hey, we got about uh, three minutes here before the uh, theme song hits. And uh, uh, you got a theme song. We do. Wow. Uh, we, uh, actually, I uh, production values. Yeah, I actually put all that together. I got us the team song, and uh, uh, I got us, I uh, get us the guests. I do everything. The only thing is, uh, I'm gonna uh, blame our producer if he ever makes a guest upset. If a guest is upset, it's our producer's fault, not mine. So there you go. After that. And, hey, you know what it's like to be a producer and get yelled at? Sure do. <laughs> I'm used to it. All right, good so, times, good times. All right, so hey, Matthias, you gonna be here with us? Uh, no, wait, we're not on next week. We're off next week. Yep, we're off next
3: week. I Already got a week off.
2: Yeah, but uh, you're done.
3: Will you be able to join us in two weeks? I, I can join you in two weeks.
2: All right, uh, Matthias, you be able to join us in two weeks? I will try my best. All right, you guys know what we got coming on next uh, in two weeks? I do not. Uh, it's uh, Joey Diario. You know who he is? Not yet. Bozo the Clown.
3: No way.
2: Yeah, this wow. the, the second uh, incar- yeah. uh,
3: incarceration. Incarceration. Right. <laughs> I like that better. Yeah, <laughs> the the you never uh, know. What, what's the word? Incarnation. Incarnation of Bozo. He's going to join us right here. Wow. On that show. That's amazing. I'll be there for that.
2: All right, and I'll buy a uh, ticket. yeah, I mean that's our childhood right Third
3: there. Uh, yeah, that's amazing.
2: All right, well we get we we still got about uh, we got about uh, two minutes. Incarnation, instant breakfast. Yeah, hey, Matthias, uh, you got any matches no coming up uh, over the weekend?
4: Uh, I don't think I'm booked up this weekend. I'm thinking maybe the next one after that I've got a couple, but I haven't really looked recently.
2: All right. Well, uh, we hope that uh, your uh, your therapy goes well, and uh, we want you to keep going uh, back. Yeah, we want you to keep coming on back. Uh, I'll tell you what, the three of us together, I think this is gonna. Uh, my butt. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be awesome. I'll tell you what, we might have to do that. Uh, the uh, microphone on a pole match. What do you think, Matthias? Well, we'll see. As long as it's for a piece of gold, maybe we we'll, maybe we'll talk. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you know, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. You know, I like to hang out with wrestlers. Yes, and, sir. Uh, uh, unfortunately, they don't like to hang out with me. Uh, anyway, you so get that a lot. We, yeah, so we got about uh, 60 seconds here. Uh, so with that being said, uh, ding song, ding song. right until next week or until in uh, two weeks, uh, join us. Now remember, it's not goodbye. It's just goodnight. We love you. Join us in two weeks and every Monday night here on 89.1 Kens FM, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Star, Central Standard Time. Uh, the new co-host, Pat Zing. Zing out. That's right, and Matthias the Nightmare and the Icon, entertaining the masses. So join us Thanks, in guys. a couple weeks, and we will see you guys all then. Until then, we love you. Be safe. Take care.
5: You think you know me.